going to be learning Likuti Sichas, Chela Tazayin, Parshas Likuti, the second Sicha, we're going to be using the Lashon Akkadish translation. So this is a Sicha which is going to be discussing the differences between the Mishkan and the Beis HaMikdash uh, in reference to the Nitzchias, the eternality of both of them. So Amr Chazal, the Chazal say in the first Pasuk of this week's parasha, this is the accounting of Mishkan, of Mishkan Eidus, that in the Pasuk it says twice, Mishkan, Ha Mishkan, and Mishkan. So the reason why it says it twice, it's a hint. It's a hint regarding the Mikdash, meaning the Bat Mikdash, it's the first and second base of Mikdash, that they became collateral when they were destroyed. So by the Turcha Banim, they weren't completely destroyed in the sense that they were gone, time up for them. Rather, Hashem took them back as collateral. So Ba'ini Muvin, Kamashikhmafarshan. So the Mafarshan ask, since it says it says in the Pasik twice, Mishkan Mishkan. So the truth is only one time is really extra. Because one time you needed to tell you Lugufe, meaning you needed for the Pasuk itself, that this was the Pekudi HaMishkan. And then it could have just said what the Pekudim are. But it says it a second time, Mishkan HaEdis, so that that word Mishkan is extra. But the first time you need. So how can you learn out the first base of Migdash and the second base of Migdash? There's only actually one time in the Pasuk that the word is extra. So how can you learn? Mishkan, Mishkan, two times from this set, it's, which is a hint on the Tur Charbanim, on the Tshtei Mikdash, is the Chayra, as we mentioned, only once. It should, the Pasuk should have mentioned it once, so that's fine. It's only that it mentions it a second time, so there's only really one Yitur in the Pasuk. So, so, the Rebbe is a very, very interesting shot, very different than how the Mephoshim explained Rashi. He says that there's, there's a difference between a drasha and a remes. So, all the Mephoshim are learning that Rashi's talking about a drasha. So, how, the rules of how drashas work are that if there is an extra word in the Pasik, extra letter in the Pasik, something's repeated, then you have to find out the reasoning for that repetition. And then you learn out a particular Indian from it. But that's when you're talking about drushes. So drushes have a certain signs to it. But when we're talking about over here as a rem, as a hint. So an illusion doesn't have to do with the fact that how many times it's written in the Pasuk, is there, or I should say, if it's written something, there's an extra word written in the Pasuk, but it's rather there's a hint from how the Pasuk is being written. From this that it's being written in a particular form, that can hint to something else. Or this that the Pasuk uses a particular word. It could be a hint to another idea. So over here, from this that the Pasuk says the word Mishkan twice, that is a hint about two Batik Mikdashas. So it's not that there's an extra word in the Pasuk which tells us there's something that we need to make a drasha. No, that's not the word over here. Rather, from this that the Pasuk is written in a way that when it's talked about the Pekudiha Mishkan, it mentions the word Mishkan twice in this Pasuk, that's a hint to something which is deeper going on over here. Meaning, that the Pasuk is talking about the regular Mishkan. As we see from the simple interpretation of the words HaMishkan, Mishkan, we're talking about the Mikdash and the accounting of the Mishkan. 
אלא שביחד עם זה, מרמי זה לא של משכן, אלא שאין יהיה המשכן. משכן משכן שתי פעמים. מר על המשכן של שני המקדשים. With this, that it's talking about the Mishkan Ha'edis, the Pasuk is being hinting on that the word Mishkan also comes to the word Mashkin. That Mashkin, Mashkin, Shtei Pamin. And that would be Miramas on the two, but the Bikdashis. So there, that's the idea of the hint. From this that it says the word Mashkin or Mishkan twice, that's coming to tell you, look at the word Mishkan. It says it twice. And the word Mishkan could also mean something else. It could also mean Mashkin. So this is that Remez on this idea of two Mashkins. Two collaterals. Base. So Hasiponer Bir, Shapasik Elib Kudi Hamishim Gamer, Mevias Gaidim Alasam, Shal Chalke Vikli Hamishkan. The Batamza Lenif Situ. So now that we're going to contrast this to the Mikdash, Mishkan itself. So we're saying that the Bata Mikdashes, they were destroyed, but they were taken as collateral, meaning is that there's something which survives and Hashem will eventually um, return. So the Soporno is now going to explain the Maila of the Mishkan itself at Moshe Rabbeinu So he says the Pasuk Elab Kudim Mishkan actually expresses the quality of the components and the Kliha Mishkan. The Matamzel Leinifstitu. For that reason, they were never destroyed. The base of Mikdash was destroyed, but it will be returned as a collateral. But the Mikdash itself was actually never destroyed. K'mayish Amr Chazal, Shema Taimer Ave Tamad Leimer Ate Shitim Oimdim Shaimdim Laad Ulei Leilami. That maybe you're going to uh, you might think that the parts of the Mishkan was destroyed. So the Pasik tells us that's Atsi Shittim Oimdim, that they were Atsi Shittim standing upright. So the question of the Pasik is why does it say the word Oimdim? They're Atsi Shittim. They were used as a plank. So of course they were standing. So Pashub Shat means to say is that because technically these beams, they could have been uh, put uh, flat, one on top of each other. So Atsi Shittim Oimdim is trying to tell you that they weren't put uh, flat, but rather they were put horizontally. They're put. Uh, next to each other, not, not on top of each other. But the deeper interpretation of this extra word oimdim is telling you that oimdim means that they're lasting forever. Sha'imdim la'adu lo'ilami. That oimdim means that they, could, they are going to stay and last forever. Even more than that, not only will they exist forever, but they won't even fall into the hands of the enemies. And in some different midrashan actually brings that the, um, that the Mishkan of Moshe was, was swallowed into the ground. Uh, by, by the place of the base of Mikdash, those areas were uh, the Bata Mikdashis, the Chalakim of the Mishkan, were actually hidden within um, Harabais. Okay, either way. Soparno continues that the Pasik describes in detail the different qualities of the Mishkan, that because of that they, it is eternal and it never fell into the hands of the enemy. It's, first of all, it was Mishkan Eidis, it was the Mishkan that had the Luchis inside of it. Asher Pukad Alpi Moshe, and the counting was done through Moshe Rabbeinu, meaning Moshe Rabbeinu was in charge of it. It was a Vaidus Alavim Biyada Samar. Third quality is that who was in charge? Isamar was in charge of it. And the fourth quality is Betzal, who was the one actually built the Mishkan, was Betzal, who was, as we know, a person that was divinely inspired. So those are four very big qualities. And so the Sparna explains that because of these qualities, the Shechina was Shaira in, uh, in their handiwork, and it never fell into the hands of the Mikdash, did not have all of these qualities. Therefore, even though the Shechina was resting in the Beis Mikdash, but the parts were lost, and eventually 
it did fall into the hands of our enemies. And was even more so uh, that it lacked these qualities because it didn't have any one of these tonight, meaning it didn't have the Shechina and it fell beyond Oivim. Just to point out, when it says it didn't have Shechina, it doesn't mean literally there was no Shechina, it means it didn't have Shechina relative to the level that was in the first bias. Um, as, as explained at the end of Tanya Perk in Beis and Dun Gimel, the differences of levels of Shechina, which were in the first bias, compared to the second. So compared to the first bias, the Shechina wasn't there. But even the second bias, of course, there was a certain level of Shechina. Okay, so Ve'ishloimar, so we can say the source of this Sephornoi, at least the general Pirish, because uh, is th- this idea is spoken about in the Gemara, it says that the enemies never ruled over him, means that the enemies never had any type of Shlita over the handiwork of Moshe Rabbeinu. L'chei Mishanivna, Mikdash Risha, Nigdas Eilamayit, Krasav, 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 Therefore it says when the first base of Mikdash was, um, built, it was hidden. I said swallowed earlier, I'm sorry, it was actually hidden, the oil made, and all the different parts of it. And it never fell into the hands of the enemy. So this is this idea that since it was pukat through Moshevenu, therefore it had nitzchis. So the supporter mentioned four qualities, but he says the general pirish is really from the Gemara, that since Moshevenu was the one that made it, that's why it was eternal. That's really the, I guess, the main Quality, what the Gemara talks about, and then the, uh, the all all the uh, other qualities um, also helped out, of course. But this was the one the Gemara discusses. Okay. So, so my Kimo, my Eliezer Zu should be Mishkan ala Mikdash, a Mikdash is in Mitzat Pshat and Mikra. Heine should Pashus begali Dafke Mishkan who Nitzchi, be Yisim Maisei Moshe Shapukar Api Moshe. He says, this quality of the Mishkan, that is Mitzad Pshat of the Pasuk, meaning is how you, the simple interpretation, how you see the Gului, that the Mishkan was itself eternal. As we know, that the Mishkan itself was never captured and was never taken over by the enemies. So from the Pshat of the Pasuk, meaning so you look through Tanakh, you see that the Mishkan was something that the enemies never had control of. But we know that they were destroyed. But if you look at the remez of the Pasuk, the remez is like the code, the hidden code within the Pasuk, the Pnimius, the in, an internal thing, we see even the Mikdashis are also eternal. As it says, that even when they were destroyed, they weren't really destroyed, it was rather taken as collateral, as Lerb is going to explain. This will answer a very big question. Is why is the pasuk hinting on the idea of the churban of the base of mikdash with the word mishkan, which means a mashkan collateral? In he says the idea of a mashkan is not that the malva keeps it, rather it's collateral, and eventually the lent, the borrower will get his collateral back once he pays off his debt. So v'chein hu benegeir lemikdashis. So same ideas regarding the Mikdashis. The Churban was, what happened to them, it's not the Pshat that their um, existence was completely nullified and they are gone. Rather, the Pshat is, 
they were taken as a mashkin. And eventually the Mikdash itself, the first base of Mikdash and the second base of Mikdash will be returned. So the first base of Mikdash was returned when the second base of Mikdash was built. And the second base of Mikdash will be returned when the third base of Mikdash will be returned to us. So even though Begashmis with our eyes, it looks like um, the Mishkan was destroyed. But the truth is, it really was just Hashem took it back. So it looks like the enemies have it, but that's not the truth. It's not that the enemies have it. It's rather that Hashem removed it from our possession. And eventually when Mashiach comes, we build the third base of Mikdash. The base of Mikdash will be returned to us. So we're up to Sif Dalit. So just to recap what we've said until this point, we were discussing the difference of the Mishkan and the Bat Mikdashis. We said the Bat Mikdashis, um, even though they were destroyed, but the Pnimius, Beremes, they were actually just taken as a Mashkan. And a Mashkan, the idea is that that object itself will eventually be returned to the borrower. So similarly, the Bat Mikdashis, even though to our eyes they were destroyed, but eventually we will, by the Binyabai Shlishi, get back the first base of Mikdash and the second base of Mikdash. But we explained by the Mishkan that even Bepshat, the Goli, in a revealed sense, the Mishkan was something that was never destroyed. Rather, as it says, that when they built the first base of Mikdash, the Mishkan was hidden because the Mishkan, since it was built, Alpi Moshe, it has a Nitzchius to it. So, Dal. So, Malis and Nitzchius and Al, Shabbat Mishkan, Yasal Mikdash, is he rap and gale a chelk of the Klia Mishkan. Abanigel look dushes a mockim. He says, this quality of the Nitzchis that we have by the Mishkan, more than the Bet Mikdashis. This is really only about the, uh, the components and the vessels of the Mishkan. But regarding to the holiness of the Makim, the actual physical land, the area, then we actually see that the Hashras Hashchina, which was in the place of the Mikdash, was greater than the place of the Mishkan. The Mishkan says the Mishkan, which was built through Moshe Rabbeinu, was only uh, momentary. One idea, and another thing is Lahak Rabbeinu Karbin. It says once the base of Mikdash was built in the Yushalayim, it became Aser to build any to build a house anywhere else for Hashem. And the second thing that became Aser is that you're also not allowed to be mocker of a Korban anywhere else for Hashem. So once the base of Mikdash in Yerushalayim was built, A, you were not allowed to build a house for Hashem anywhere else in the world. And second of all, you weren't allowed to be mocker of a Korban anywhere else in the world, except for the base of Mikdash. And there is no other place to have a house for Hashem for all future generations except for Yerushalayim and on Har Maria. So maybe I'll say Gamsa Kasav, then it brings a Pasik, Zeus Menuchas that this is my Menucha, this is my resting place forever and ever. Hare, Shekdusha Bamakam Mishkan Haiseraklafisha, Ubalashan Akasav, Yeshalach Ba'il. He says that we see from here clearly that the Kedusha which was in the Mishkan was only the Fisha, it was momentary. As the Pasik itself says, I will be going in a tent. The whole idea of a tent is that that's a, uh, a temporary dwell, dwelling place. And the house, house is something which is bequeas. This is where you live permanently. That is the hashra sashkin will be permanent for all future generations. That it was specifically in the base of Migdash, which was the union of Shalim. Hashem 
and also in the in the to negate that once the base of Migdash was built, it actually became Asr anywhere else to build the base of Migdash Shalashem. So the point is that we see that regarding the Makim itself, the Kedusha, which was in the place of the base of Migdash on Harabais, that is permanent. So even though we're saying the Mishkan has a quality, that the different parts of the Mishkan were permanent, but it traveled constantly. Wherever it traveled and it was on a particular place, that Kedusha did not remain. Mashiach by the base of Migdash, even though the parts did not have a permanent Kedusha, as we said, at least in a revealed sense, the Pnimius, it will be returned, but in a revealed sense, the, uh, the Kedusha uh, was destroyed in the building itself. But nonetheless, the actual place, the land that the base of Migdash was uh, built on, that place has Kedusha forever. The Yusair Mizu, the Binyan HaMikdash HaRishon Loizubavach Nishchadish Machim Kvur Lashras HaShchina, Alashras HaShchina Nasasa Oz Bepayo Boifinitzchi. He says even more than that. When the base of Migdash was, was built, not only was it Nuschadish, uh, that we have a special place, a Makam Kavua, for the Shroes Shechina, meaning is that this is the place, if you ever want to have a, a Makam Kavua for the Shechina, it has to be here. It wasn't just like a, a potential, but it was more than that. There was a Shroes Shechina Bepoil happened in the place of the Mishkan, and that Shechina, which was in the Mishkan, actually stays in that area forever. The Raman passing is that the Kedusha, which was in the Mikdash in Yushalayim, this first Kedusha is Mikdash also for the future. Because the Kedusha of the Mikdash in Yushalayim is because of the Shechina. And the Shechina is never bottled. So again, so not only is the Rab pointing out that this is the set place for where the house needs to be, meaning is that this has a potential and this is the only place that has the potential for the bias to be built. But more than that, the Rebbe is saying is that the Shechina itself, Bepoil, came down in that area. And Bepoil remains there forever. As the Rav himself paskins, that that Kedusha which was there stays forever. Because the Shechina is not Batal. So, Mazam Muvan, Shemavur, Le'il, Shemapnimis, Mitzadah, Ramesh, Shemikra, Gamay, Mikdash, Shem, Yitzchim, Kamoi, HaMishkan, Einzer, Rak, Mitzad, Mashuk, Dushas, Amakam, HaMikdash, Shem, Yitzchim, he says, from this is understood, this that we explained earlier, that the Pnimius, we saw the Ramas of the Pasuk, that he also the Mikdashis are permanent, just like the Mishkan. As we said, that since it says, by the Mishkan, I guess now we understand a little bit deeper what the idea is. It says, Mishkan, Mishkan, Shtep, Pamim. So what we're saying is that the Bebat Mikdashis have a certain quality which is similar to the Mishkan, that they also became a that they are a Mashkin. So there's the Mikdash, literally, which lasts forever. And then there's the Bat Mikdashis, which are like the Mashkin, which also have a similar type of permanence, but not in a revealed sense, only in a way of a Remez. So he says, this Remez is not only Mitzad the Makim HaMikdash, which is not Ptela. He says, because that wouldn't make sense, because as we just explained, the base of Mikdash actually is greater in quality than the Mishkan. Because the Mishkan, that Kedusha actually did leave, by, 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 by the base of Mikdash, that Kedusha was never destroyed. On the contrary, it lasts forever. So that would not be where the hint would be. Rather, the hint is that in the Mikdash, base of Mikdash itself, it has a semblance of Nitzchias, even in the components and the Kliha Mishka. So the Remez is telling us that not only is the Makim of the base of Mikdash permanent, but we're saying is even the components and the Kalim of the base of Mikdash have a Me'ain of the Nitzchias that was also in the Mikdash, just like the Mikdash. The Kalim were hidden and never destroyed. 
Similarly, the Beis Hamikdash, even though Begili in a revealed sense, it seems like everything was taken away and destroyed, and and it was Nispatl and it's gone and it's disappeared. But we're saying Bepinimius, it's not gone, and Hashem will eventually return the Batei Mikdashes to us. And that doesn't just mean the Makam, because again, the Makam actually always kept its kedusha. That never was destroyed, never did leave. But rather, it means the components of the Beis Hamikdash. Look at R18. It says, That he says, the Sefer called Midbar Kemis tells us that according to the, the Emes is that the Mikdash itself was actually swallowed into the ground and it was hidden. Ayn Sham. Um, so that's what he says. I, I read it. I, I can't tell you. I can explain how that works. But basically what he writes is that when the base of Mikdash was being destroyed, Hashem really just made a replica of the base of Mikdash, which the Goyim destroyed. But the real base of Mikdash was hidden in the ground at that time. Uh, look over there for more details. But the idea is whether that's the, the Rebbe doesn't say that's definitely the Pshat, he just says Re'eh. Whatever way you want, how you want to explain it, whether it's because it was Nivel Ba'aretz and there was a replica that they, the Goyim destroyed and took away, or there's another Pshat, that doesn't really make a difference what the Pshat is. The point is that Begiliyat did look like it was destroyed, but Bepinimius it wasn't destroyed. When Mashiach comes, we can understand exactly what it means that it was never destroyed, it was just taken as collateral. Then we can understand what that is, but at this point, uh, that's one shot, and uh, whoever has another shot, feel free to give it. Okay, so hey, Valhavan Zois, the Bir Yaser. Tsarach Lahat, the Maimer Chazal, Alaposiki, Leiba Osam, Adata, Manucha, Lanachla, Manucha, Zushila, Nachli, Zushan. So understand this concept more, meaning is how the Beis Migdash has a permanence not only in the Makin, but even in the components and the Kalim of the Beis Migdash, there's a semblance of Nitzchias. So understand this idea more. We need to first explain the Maimer Chazal and the Posik. Because you have not come until this moment to the Menucha and until the Nachala. So the Pasuk tells us, Menucha zishilai. What is the resting place of Hashem? That is Shilai. The Beis Hamidosh was in Shilai. Nachla, the inheritance, this is Yerushalayim. The Pasuk is referring to that the, during the 14 years when they crossed over the Yarden and they were conquering and dividing up Eretz Yisrael, they were allowed to be Makrav Karbanis anywhere, which was called, the, they were able to be Makrav carbon even on a Bama. But once they came to the Manucha, meaning is once the Mishkan and Shila was built, then they were not allowed to bring uh, Karbanis anymore on Abama. Once Shila was destroyed, they were allowed to once again bring Karbanis on Abama. But once Yushalayim was built, uh, Beis Amigdash Yushalayim was built, then it became Asr to build Bamis forever and ever. So Bepashta Satam Shushalayim Dafkin Nikras Nachla Vashila Nikras Manucha Bavad, Lefishu Nachla Moira Kvias Yosef Manucha Shechayelias Gambay Fanarsi. Bepashtas the reason why Yushalayim is called the Nachla and Shilai was called Menucha is because Nachla shows on a greater level of Kavis than Menucha. So Menucha means resting. So that shows that you're not on a journey and there's a certain level of permanence over there. There's a certain amount of resting that you're not moving around. But Nachla shows this is your heritage. This is like your, your, your well, in Tyra it means is this is your land that was given to you in Eretz Yisrael for your family for, forever. So Nachla shows on a much greater level of Kviyas. So Bapashtis, we're saying, is Shilei was called a Menucha because it was for 369 years, while Yishalayim is called Nachla because that's forever. Therefore, since there's no bias for future generations, except for Yishalayim, that's why Yishalayim is called the Nachla. 
But that doesn't work. It's not enough of a reason. Because according to one opinion in the Gemara, they actually say, this opinion is of Shimon, he says, Menucha refers to Yushalayim. While Nachala refers to Shilai. So that wouldn't make any sense because Lekuliyama, Yushalayim has a much greater Maila than Shilai, that Yushalayim is permanent. So it wouldn't make sense to call Menucha Yushalayim. If Menucha is trying to show it's a somewhat permanent, while Nachla means it's permanent forever and ever, what's the Pshan in that opinion? Doesn't, wouldn't make any sense. So, we must say that Menucha and Nachla are not just different degrees in how permanent the bias was, but rather each one expresses a different quality. So Menucha expresses one type of quality, Nachla expresses a different type of quality, and therefore the mother's Machalikus in the Gemara, which quality was greater in the Mikdash, and which qual- in Yushalayim, and which quality had, uh, was greater in Shilai. So Habir Bezeh. Ka'amur ha'mayla she'be'mishken hi, she'chelke ve'kli ha'mishken hein nitzchim. Abel, ke'makim l'hashra sashkin Allah ha'ya, ha'mishken el l'fisha ha'ya. As we explained earlier, the Maila of the Mishkan was that its components and its vessels were uh, Nitzchiyah. But the actual spot for the Hashra Sashkina was only temporary, it was similar to a tent. was the exact opposite. The Makim of the Mikdash over that has a Kedusha Nitzchis, it's never bottled. But the actual building and the different components were lost and did fall into the hands of the Oivim. As we said, that's what happened Begilah. So, so these two qualities are actually hinted into the words of Menucha and Nachla, because the difference between Menucha and Nachla bepashtus is Menucha metaris is matzav nafsha shal adam the gavra sheinu bematzav shal tiltul mamakim lamakim. That Menucha actually is it's expressing the gavra. It expresses the, the tranquility of the person himself. That he's not in a situation of movement from one place to another. And this actually includes not just the person that he's in a state of rest, but also all the objects, all the uh, the kalim of the person that are brought with him. As we see b'chush, that the kalim of a person actually affect uh, the das of adam, as it says, and kalim and I think the Rebbe is trying to say is that the, first of all, of course, the kalimna, the having beautiful kalim have an effect, they broaden your mind. And also dirana, uh, no, I think that aspect of the dirana is those are the furnishings of, of the dira. So the furnishings of the dira and also the kalim of the person, you know, his clothes, etc., that has an effect on the person, actually gives him a certain tranquility, gives him a certain broaden, broadens his mind. They are much closer to him than his actual home itself. So it's interesting, just thinking for a second, that person has a certain closeness to the home that he grew up in. If you took out all of the kalim, everything that you knew in the home, all the furnishings, etc., etc., and it's like a blank house, and even paint the walls, it's literally changed the floors, everything's different, then you walk into that home, you probably wouldn't feel that same affinity. It's like, wow, this is a totally different place. This isn't the home that I grew up in. So what really makes it your home is uh, is what's inside of the home. 
right? It, it's, 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 the it's the structure of each room, it's the carpets, it's the flooring, it's the pictures on the wall, it's, it's the furniture. But if you take all of that out, you won't even feel that same closeness to the home. It won't be the home that you brought it home. And that's why they say, you know, if someone actually, if you sell your home and then check it out many, many years later and it's completely changed, that it, um, <clears throat> it's usually very depressing. But anyway, But the Nachla, it describes the, the item itself, the Chafsa. The Nachla means a heritage. That's referring to the land. It's not referring to the person and how the tranquility of, he, of him, <clears throat> but it's referring to the land, that this is a land which is a heritage. This is a heritage which belongs to you and to your family forever. <clears throat> So Therefore it's understood. Regarding Mishkan Shiloi, that in Shiloi, part of it was actually made from the Mishkan of Moshe Rabbeinu, as the Rambam writes, that they built a house over there, and then they spread upon it the, the Uriyos, the tapestries that Moshe Rabbeinu made for the Mishkan. So those beautiful tapestries that he covered the Mishkan was, they took those off the Mishkan and they put it on top of the, uh, the, 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 the Mishkan, which was in Shiloh. So Malasai would be the Menucha. That the Nitzchis would be in the components and the Kalim of the Mishkan, things which are carried with the person. That was when you came into the Eretz Yisrael and then they came into Shiloh and they put that into the Mishkan of Shiloh and then you walk into Shiloh, it gives you that feeling feeling of home again, like, ah, this is, you know, reminds you of the Mishkan that Moshe Rabbeinu made in the desert. It has that menucha, it has that closeness to you. Therefore, when the Mishkan came to Shilai, the description will be menucha, because as we explained, menucha describes the person himself, that he's in a state of tranquility. So when the Mishkan came and got a permanent home in Shiloi, that would be referred to tranquility because it was a certain completion and, and feeling of tranquility within the person's uh, his, his, his neshama. It was not in the chelke and the klei mikdash, it was not in its components, rather it was in the makim and mikdash. So since the quality was in the makim, therefore it's called the nachla, as we said, because nachla expresses the quality which is in the makim, that this spot is your heritage, this is your family home, this is the family land. So even if the house and everything is destroyed, but this is still your land and you can build new things on it. So there's a affinity, like an Eretz Yisrael, even if we don't have all the things that they had thousands of years ago in the base of Midrash, but that Eretz Yisrael is our land. So there's a certain affinity to the land itself. But then there's a certain menuchas and nefesh that comes from the uh, kalim and the, 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 the furnishings which are in, uh, which a person has. So that's would be the difference. The Rebbe doesn't, that, that's the Pashup shot of the Pasuk. So that's why we say, Nachla Yushalayim, Menucha would be Shilai. The Rebbe doesn't explain it according to the other opinion. Like, how, what does Menucha Nachla mean according to the other opinion? Because that's, I think, how, that's how Rashi explains in the Pasuk. That's how most of the Mephoshim learn it. The Pail is this way. He doesn't explain it the other way. He brought the other way just to kind of show that you can't say Nachla Menucha just means different levels of permanence. Because then it wouldn't make sense according to the other opinion. Because the Kuliyama Yushalayim lasted longer. He was trying to prove that must be that Menucha Nachla have different qualities. So explain it according to the way that we're learning that the quality of Menucha would be Mitzad the Adam and the quality of Nachla would be Mitzad the land. Okay, so 
It's to explain the differences now between the Mishkan and the Mikdash. So, says people uh, are limited, created beings. They're not able to cause and make this idea of permanence. The only one that could do that is Hashem. His handiwork is permanent. Therefore, the components of the Mikdash themselves were not Nitzchim, were never not everlasting, because they are, as the, as the Zark says, <coughs> buildings of man. He said, but the Makdam Mikdash wasn't because of us. Rather, that came because of Hashem. As the Pasuk says, the place that Hashem will choose to make His name dwell there. comes because of the Shechina, and the Shechina is not battle. So when we talk about the base of Mikdash, the reason why the Makim has an everlasting Kedusha is because Hashem chose to put His Kedusha there. So since it comes from Hashem, therefore it's everlasting. Meaning that the Binyan Hamikdash was not what caused the Hashra Sashkin to come down. Rather, that was just a preparation that this spot could be a place which is fitting for the Shrina to come down and be revealed. But the Shra Sashrina itself came because that's what Hashem chose. Hashem chose that spot and therefore it's Nitzri. So building the Mishkan itself, the base of Mikdash itself in that spot wouldn't have made anything. It's not that it forces Hashem to have his bias there. Hashem says you build a bias there, that gives you the capability that I might choose it. And Hashem did choose it. So therefore, once Hashem chose it, <coughs> the Kedusha lasted uh, forever. Bilu bin Mishkan was Lahapapa. The Mishkan was actually the opposite. He says, do not come because of Hashem choosing, or choosing the place. As we said before, the place that Hashem chose, that was specifically by the Beis Mikdash. By the Mikdash, that is not what happened. Rather, the cause <clears throat> for the Shekhinah to come down in the Mikdash, was as the Pasuk says, make for me a Mikdash, and through that I will dwell within it. So it was the building of the Mishkan that caused the Shekhinah to come down into it. Therefore, <clears throat> when the, when the, the, the cause is, was in this battle, meaning the Shekhinah came down to this spot because the Mishkan was put up onto it, because it says, build me a Mishkan. So when the cause is... Uh, nullified, then automatically the Vishakhanti will also not last. And that's what happened. As soon as they built, moved the Mishkan, the Shekhinah would not stay in the place of the Mishkan is because Hashem never chose that place as the Mishkan. Rather, he, as he said, built the Mishkan. So it had to do with where the Mishkan itself was built. So if the Mishkan was moved, the Shekhinah would move with it, would not last over in that spot. Mishkan, Kevin Shahayu. He says, the parts of the Mishkan, since it was the Maisa of Maisha Avenu, Maisha was a Eved Havasham, he was a true servant. And the whole existence, the whole identity of the Eved is the identity of the Master. 
especially according to the Pirish of the Rajba, that when it says that whatever a servant acquires, his master acquires, it's not the Pshat, according to the Rajba, that the servant acquired it. And then through that, it's going to be you know, transferred over to the master because he owns the servant. Rather, it's as soon as the servant acquires it, it's the master acquires it at the same time. He's basically an extension. The servant is an extension of the master. So when he acquires it, it actually means the master acquired it. So just like the Maise of Shem were Nitzchim, therefore the Maise of Moshe were Nitzchim, therefore this idea of the Asulim Mikdash, make for the Mikdash, the Asiyah Mishkan itself was something which was permanent, because of Moshe was the true Abed Hashem, and therefore he was an extension of Hashem, and therefore it was permanent, this Asulim Mikdash, and the Shechanti Betechem, which was in these parts of the <coughs> Mishkan itself. So, 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 V'yishlaim, Zayim, V'yishlaim, Zayim, V'yishlaim, Zayim, so now we could also explain why the Hashra Sashrina in the Besa Migdash was through the Schus of David. That uh, this is by the inauguration, Shlema Melch came with the Aaron, and uh, the gates of the Besa Migdash were not open. And he sang, it says, 24 Renanis, and still were not open until he asked Hashem, asked the gates to open up in the Schus of David Melch. And only once uh, he mentioned David Melch's name, that's when the doors open and the arm was allowed in and the Shechina came in. So Chazal tells, Shadafka l'achash shishleim hispal l'kadosh baruch Hashem l'likim atashit p'neim shichacha zachar l'chazdei David avdecha ha'bechot l'hachnes as ha'ar l'beis ha'chedosh yudash v'shar sa'ashchina b'bais. That was specifically after Moshe ha'shleim ha'davint ha'shem. Ha'shem do not do not turn away the face of your anointed one. Remember your servant Again, the word servant, David. That's when he was able to bring the Aaron into the Kodesh HaKadoshim. And that's when the Shekhinah was Shreyavabais. Since they wanted to affect this union of Ashra Shekhinah in a permanent way, Since they wanted to have this union of Nitzchias, Therefore, even though, as we said earlier, the Nitzchus really comes from Hashem, but we know everything is Mida Kanagamida. So, our preparations, which comes with Sad Mais B'nei Adam, it needed to come through the Kayach of a person who is similar to Maish Rabbeinu, that his Mais Yadav are permanent. So, David Amelech, his Mais Yadav are permanent because he was also the Evid of Hashem. So, for when they Davin, that Beschus David, that's why the Shrina should come down to the bias. Uh, that's when it became permanent. So again, the permanence was because that's what Hashem chose, but the preparation which we need to do, building the Mishkan, Beis HaMikdash, in that spot, and davening for it, had to be in a way which was also symbolic of that Nitzchis, which that was the idea of David HaMalach. That's why I need to come through the discourse of David, that his Indian was that he was an Eved Hashem, and that's why Shleimah, Stressed in his tefillah, David of Dacha. But Therefore, the Maisi Yadav are permanent. And there was no Shlita by the enemies, as explained in the Gemara. Um, the Gemara explains, at least one of the Pshatim, is that the gates of the base of Migdash were, um, were, were built by David Amalekh. So it says, so it says until in Tovu Ba'art Sharao that the gates were swallowed into the ground. So um, so one of the interpretations is that it means these are the gates that David Hamalach built. 
So we see that Maisi Yadav of David, even the one thing that he did make, the, the gates, they actually remained permanent. Uh, so just to give a recap of what we've said until this point. So again, we, we've discussed the differences between the, the Beis HaMikdash, that its permanence was is in its Makim, and the Chelke HaMishka Beis HaMikdash, they were not permanent in a revealed sense, but there was a remez that it had permanence, just like the Mishkan had permanence. Mashain came, we're saying the Mishkan, its permanence was in the objects itself, was in the parts of the Mishkan, not in the Makim. I'm explaining the reasoning for this. So the base of Migdash, which was built by, was which chosen by Hashem, therefore it had a permanence forever. Because Hashem Hashem chose it, therefore the Shina in the Makim is permanent. And we also explained how even the preparations had to be have this idea of Nitzchis, which that was the davening, the schuz David, that the Shekhinah should come into this to the space of Mikdash, because David was the idea of an Eved, and Eved is an extension of his master. It's completely bottled to his master, so his identity is the identity of the master, and therefore the Shekhinah, when it came into the Mikdash, it was permanent. And then we explained that by the Mishkan, though, Hashem did not choose the place, but since the Mishkan itself was built through Moshe, who was an Eved Naman, therefore the Mishkan itself was permanent, uh, meaning the the kalim and the components of the Mishkan were permanent. And we also explained that based on that, why Yushalayim was called uh, Nachala, the base of and Shalayim was called Nachala, while the base of and Shile was called Menucha. Because Mitzad, the Indian of Nachala, Nachla is referring to the Makim. So the Makim itself was permanent. While Menucha refers to the tranquility of the person and all of his items that are brought with him. So Shila, since it had aspects of the Mishkan of Moshe Rabbeinu, Therefore, it had this aspect of this manucha, this tranquility that was brought with it. So, according to this explanation about the quality of manucha, that again, manucha refers to the quality of the person, that he has tranquility. Now we could also explain why we do find this description of manucha by Yushalayim. And this is the Kuliyam. There's a clear Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Hashem, you chose Sion. This is my Menucha forever and ever. Because the Chayra, if we're saying Nachal is Yushalayim, shouldn't the Pasuk have said, that Yushalayim is my Nachla forever and ever? Why is it using the word Menucha? Especially according to what we originally thought, that Menucha is referring to a more is a, is a, it's a talk about a permanent type of dwelling, but it's just not as permanent as Nachla, then for sure it's, there's no reason to use the word Menucha. It doesn't make sense to use the word Menucha by Yushalayim. But now that we know, there is going to explain that Menucha doesn't just mean a lower level of permanence than Nachla, but Menucha has its own quality. It has that tranquility of the nefesh, of the person, that comes with it that the items themselves um, have the Shekhinah within it. We can understand the quality. He says the reasoning is because Zoyis Menucha Seyadiyan is referring to the Menucha which will be there forever and ever. So even though maybe the first base of Migdash and the second base of Migdash did not have this quality of Menucha, but the third base of Migdash will have that quality. You have the quality of Nachla and Menucha. He says, the Nitzchis won't just be in the Makim of Migdash, like the first and second base of Migdash, but rather the Binyan itself, the Inyan of Menucha, will also be permanent, because Hashem will build it. Zazar says that the base of Migdash will be built through Hashem, therefore it will 
uh, Habakim forever and ever. All right, so that's referring to the, the Menucha, as we said, is the ref- reference to the items which are inside of the Beis Midrash, that they, that's what brings the tranquility, that's really the person's personal investment, that will also be, have that permanence to it. The Maisei Yadav that we are putting into the Beis Midrash will be permanent. So just like by Moshe Rabbeinu, the Maisei Yadav that he put in the Beis Midrash had permanence, and the Shekhinah is always in those items that he created. So the Baisa Shlishi, when we build it, or, or the parts that we'll be involved in building, they will also have that permanence. And the reason is because the third base of Midrash will be built by Hashem. And the Rebbe does point out, I, is Hashem building it or are we building it? So he gives, look, he gives many different explanations of how that works. But the idea is that there'll be certain parts that are built by Hashem and certain parts that will be built by the Yidin. But the combination of those two together will give it the Ingen of Anachla and the Ingen of Menucha. Tess. L'chayra yesh l'hakshasazeh. So l'chayra we could ask on this, on this concept. You can ask. This is my menucha. Wasn't just referring to in the future, in the base of Migdash Shlishi, but it's referring to the Migdash Rishon. That the place that Hashem, Hashem chose Tzien, means He chose Tzien by the times of David and Shlema. And from that moment and onwards, it was Menucha Siyadiyad. And it says even more than that. The Ramam wrote that the reason why once the base of Mikdash was built in Shulaim, all the Makainis became Asr. So the Shail is, how can you say that? That at that moment, then the base of Mikdash in Shulaim was built, this is my Menucha forever and ever. Why are you using the word Menucha? So Habir Bazan. The Gemara in Erevin is talking about, it says that if you have a, we have a rule, that we have a Tchum Shabbos, that you're allowed to walk 2,000 Amas outside of the city, but on the Shabbos, but not more than 2,000 Amas. So what happens if you're living in, uh, you know, let's say, uh, outside of the city, and there's a little, um, you know, tent city. You have a tent city outside of the a tent city. So the Mark tells us that these tents or these little huts that they make for guards, even if you have a whole city worth of them, like hundreds and hundreds of these huts, it's not considered a city. Therefore, you don't get two thousand amas from the end of the, uh, let's say, the uh, from the last hut. Rather, you get two thousand amas from where your hut is. So you have to start counting as soon as you leave the doorway of your hut. You get two thousand amas from there. So the Mark asks, how can you say that? When the Yidin were in the Midbar, they were living in tents. And we know that there was a lacha that they weren't allowed to actually go to the uh, go use the restrooms inside of the camps itself. Rather, they went behind the camp. So they didn't go in front of the camp. They wouldn't go on the sides of the camp. Rather, they had to go behind the camp. The reason why they couldn't go in front or the side is because when they would start traveling again, it would be disrespectful for the, for the Aaron and the Mishkan to have to travel through an area which was used as a restroom. And the Mishkan would only travel either straight or to the side, therefore they couldn't use the restrooms there. Rather, they had to create these restrooms always behind the camp. So the question is that the camp was three parsa, which is equivalent to 8,000 amas. So if you were living all the way at the top of the camp, when Shabbos came, how would you be able to go to use the restrooms which are more than 8,000 amas away from where your tent is? So if you're saying you're only allowed to walk 2,000 amas from one, where your tent is, because it's not considered a city, how could they walk more than 8,000 amas to go use the restrooms? 
The Gemara explains that since it says by the camps, that it was by the word of Hashem that they camped, or they, and they traveled, so since by Hashem's word they camped, because Hashem told them to camp there, that makes it chashiv, that makes it permanent. So even they, they might have camped there for one day, for one night, but nonetheless, even a momentary, a temporary dwelling would be considered permanent because Hashem told them. And whatever Hashem says, that is something which is permanent. So let's read it inside. So Abir that regarding the campments of the Eden in the Midbar, the Gemara and Ervin tells us, that since it says, by the word of Hashem they camp, and by the word of Hashem they travel, therefore it's considered as if it is permanent. Meaning that even though the Yidim, when they were in the Midbar, they were actually just living in tents, which is not something which is permanent. But since their encampment in these tents was because of the word of Hashem, therefore it's considered uh, the Kviluhu. It's considered though that the Kviluhu, that they are made uh, permanent. That the Chini itself in these tents is something is permanent while they are camped there. So, if they're camped there, let's say for two weeks, during those two weeks, that was permanent, and therefore, even on Shabbos, you, the whole area was considered a city, and you'd have 2,000 Amis from the last tent in the city, and therefore, they're able to easily use the restroom. Once they would move again, then that permanence, that Kavias left, and uh, until they, you know, until um, they camped again. So, he is similar in our, our, in our sense. Since Alpi Hashem, it was through the word of Hashem that the Mikdash was called a house. Because the time before, when it was still a Mishkan, it was called a tent. It is considered established, permanent. That the Mikdash itself is not just temporary, rather has a semblance of Menucha, this union of Nitzchis, it is considered Kava. So while Hashem, since Hashem calls it a bias, therefore it actually is considered a home. Not just that the Makim, as we say, the Makim would be considered something which has a Nitzchis to it, but even the Maisi Yadav, the actual components of the Mishkan itself, that the parts that make it into a bias, that make it into a house for Hashem, a home for Hashem, that also would be considered something which is permanent. It would have that menucha which comes with a, a home. So there's at least a me'ain. Me'ain means a semblance of it. So it's not the same level of permanence um, that we would have by the Ma'isayad of Shammai Shorbeinu. But even then there was this me'ain of this Nitzchias, that at least while it was there. So while the Mesa Mikdash was built, that menucha, that permanence was there, which is interesting. So you have menucha, we have permanence, we have nitzchias for those 420 years or 410 years, because Hashem called it a house. But once it was destroyed, um, well, as we said, it wasn't actually, uh, once it was destroyed, then it was taken as, as a mashkin, as a collateral, and it was eventually brought back again. So it actually gives us a better understanding of the idea of the collateral, because while it was there, it was something which was permanent. So then once, even once it was destroyed and that permanence left, but once it was returned to us by the Ba'ashenim, then that Nitzchis returned again when we built it again, just like when the Bnei Yisrael would camp. When they, t- when they were camping, that was permanent. And once they moved, the permanence left, but they camped again, then again they became permanent. So every time the base of Mikdash was built, not only was there this Nachla within the ground, but the Ba'ash itself had a permanence, uh, meaning the tranquility, that's Menucha, 
and that shechina that comes into the objects um, was in a, in a permanent way while it was there. So therefore, it's a me'ain of how it was by Moshe Bainu. Moshe Bainu was literally forever, it was never destroyed. But by us, by the first and second Beis Mikdash, it had the menucha, but only while the Beis Mikdash itself was there. Therefore, this description of, of Menucha uh, fits even for the first and second base of Mikdash. Because even though the Shlemus of the Indian of Menucha will only, in the parts of the Mishkan, will only be in the third base of Mikdash, but we do have a semblance of this in the first and second base. Because it was called Al Piyashem. It was called a house. Therefore, it is permanent during that period of time. This will also be the reason why the preparations for the Beis Amidash was made through David, as it said, he gathered uh, the materials. Because as we said, that his handiwork did have an Indian in Nitzchis. So it's sad that even in the guf of the base of Mikdash itself, there was this Indian of Nitzchis. Um, but nonetheless, eventually it did fall Biyad Ha'ivim, because the Binyan itself was through Shleimah, just that the Hachanas was through David. So therefore, since the Hachanas were through David, that was, gave it the capability that when it was actually built, it had the function of a bias, it had the menucha. But it wasn't enough that it was able to keep the bias itself uh, permanent, because the bias itself was not built by David. So since the material was by David, therefore it had this semblance, had this aspect of permanence, that it felt like it was permanent, or it was permanent, I should say, while it was built. But it wasn't permanent in this physical, in this world. Stam, just to throw out an idea, um, don't know if this is correct or not, but just, we learned a few weeks ago regarding why the Rambam describes all the different Batabikdashis in the beginning of Hilchus Beis and how long each one lasted. So the Nafkamina the Rabbi gave is that there's an Isra to build a base, uh, to build a home, Kitabna Sehechal, to build a home like, a, like the base of Mikdash itself. So according to that, that's something which is shy forever. So it'd be interesting, maybe like a Nafkamina Halacha, this that we call the base of Mikdash Abayas is also halakhically applicable forever, that we are never allowed to build a bias that looks like the first base of Mikdash, like the Mishkan, of course, and not even like the first base of Mikdash or the second base of Mikdash, because they also uh, have this idea of permanence to it, so we can't make something which is like it. So it is a house. It's a house forever. So why? Because during the time that it was there, it was permanent. So even though once it was destroyed, it lost that permanence, but it always remains our home, and therefore we're not allowed to build um, a heichel like the heichel of the Beis Hamikdash, just uh, an interesting idea. Anyways, yod yod. The il sif beis huva mashakosel besaparna. She echad hamaylas shen bemishkan she pshpilim hayroi lias nitzri he ayesim mishkan edes shai by luchas edes. So sif yod, we're going to really go now to a second point in the sicha. Until now, we were talking about the nitzri is really of the Beis Hamikdash and how it had both aspects of the menucha and nachla. And now we're going to go back to the Mishkan itself. That we said earlier by this, the supporter brought that the Mishkan was forever, and it brought different milas. So the first mila it brought was that it was called the Mishkan Haedis. That because it was the Mishkan that had the Edis, it was ripe to be forever. He used Mishkan Haedis show you by Luchas Edis. Shem she yashnit tzach hashava b'Mishkan u'b'mitas hashlishi b'milas and yitzchik b'ayfengal l'shalach halakim b'kelim shvans. Just like we said, there is a common 
factor by the Mishkan and the Migdash Shlishi, that both of them have a Nitzchias in a revealed sense, even in its components and the, the different Kalim. So similarly, in the causes that made them permanent, uh, they also had a similarity. That they both had uh, the Aaron in its place for the entire time that it was there. That the the bias chain, he didn't even have the uh, Aaron in its spot. And even by the bias region, it was there for most of the time, but at the end of the time, Yeshayahu hit it. So it wasn't actually in the spot where it was supposed to be within the Kaidish Kadashim, it was hidden, uh, you know, much lower in the Tanus. So we see that the Ingen of Nitzchis is the Aaron being in its spot in the Kaidish Kadashim. So that was by the first and last of the Bat Mikdash. So that, that, that shows on something that'll be the Nitzkis. The Rebbe is now going to describe why the Indian of Nitzkis is connected to the Indian of the Aaron. So Yudalaf Nispar Liyab Arucha, Shemailas and Nitzkis, Shneshna Gamad Mikdash, Rishon Mesheni, Alashbaham, he Kayamas Beikur Begali, Lebekasher, Lechelke Mikdash, Alabagea, Lashrash Shinibaka Mikdash. We explained earlier that the Maila of the Nitzkis is also by the first and second Baikis Mikdash, but that part is more, the, the Nitzchis is more revealed, not so much regarding the components of the Mikdash, but rather mostly regarding Hashras Shechina in the spot of the Mikdash. Meaning that this is not a Nitzchis, which were in the components, the physical components of the Mishkan itself, or the base of Mikdash itself, rather the Nitzchis was that the Shechina lasts forever. Meaning it's a Ruchni stick in that the Shechina in the that the Shechina, which is the Makim, stays there forever. Mashiach by the Mikdash we're saying is that the physical components of the Mishkan, they themselves are eternal. So I'll piece that Sarch Leim, Shemaylas and Nitzchis and Nisafis, Hamaschadashis, Aidea Aaron. So according to this, we need to say that the Maila of the Maila Nitzchis, which was added, and it was novel, because of the Aaron, this was not the spiritual Ruchnis of the Shras HaShchina, but rather the Aaron was able to affect the Nitzchis in the physical items of the Mishkan itself. So that's as interesting, right? So we said one aspect, we said that Moshe Rabbeinu built the Mishkan, but the Sopornu brought four, four miles. So the other mile that Rebbe is really discussing over here was the mile of the Aaron, that when they brought the Aaron inside of it, the Aaron brought the Shechina into the Mishkan, and that bringing in the Aaron into the Mishkan made the Shechina be shoyer forever in the Maisi Yadav Shal Moshe Rabbeinu. So it's, yeah. So, so I guess so those are the two components. Moshe Rabbeinu built it, so technically he could have made something, and that item itself could last forever. But p- having the Aaron in the Mishkan made it that his Maisi Yadav would also have the Shechina, the Ashras Shechina in them uh, forever. Again, it's not the same Ashras Shechina which would be in the Mikdash in general, uh, because that's a special Ashras Shechina that you actually need to have the Mishkan built and with components and you know, w- working, but there is a certain Kedush which is there. So you'd base Yuvin Zeba Hakdim Inyan Aaron Bavadis Hashem. So we'll understand this first by describing what is the Inyan of the Aaron in our Vedas Hashem. Then we can understand why this has an effect on the Gashmias, that the Nitzchis and the of the Kedusha will, will remain in the Gashmias. He says, Kol Afim Yisrael Hari Mishkan Mikdash Lo Yisparach Kedivir Rizal Hayudu Malakasav Asim Mikdash Hashkan Tepetecha. He says every single Yid 
is a Mishkan for Hashem, as the famous Ma'am Chazal in the Pasik, uh, make for me Migdash, I will dwell within them, means within every Yid. Shem Shem Migdash Yashna Shlesha Diyum. There's the Azara, the Kaidish, the Kaidish Gudashan, Shabbat Nimsa'aran. Just like in the Mikdash, there were three rooms. There was the Azara, um, there was the Kaidish, and there was the Kaidish Gudashan. And the Kaidish Gudashan was the Aran. Similarly, in the three rooms within the Yid's Mikdash Prati. In the Azar, that's where the Mizbeach Chitzin was. So in Avaida, this is the Avaida of Chitzayni Salav. Chitzayni Salav is, being, is things that matter to you externally. Uh, like in Gashmis, you'd say it's like having a job, having a car, having a home. Things that matter to you, but they're Chitzayni. They're really, you need them for a deeper purpose. Like you, like you only want them, I'll take out the idea of a home, because uh, that actually might be Pneumia Salav, but Chitzayni Salav are all the furnishings of a person's life that you only know you want them because that's what life says is important. Uh, so that uh, so in avoidance Hashem, that's the idea of his bindingness. You need to think about uh, the greatness of Hashem. Think about the greatness of Hashem or looking at the world and seeing the godless in the world. You come to an av in a year of Hashem. That is the chutzayin yisalav because this is something which is created externally. You have to meditate. It's something that you're able to perceive uh, something which is outside of you and by the perception of that which is outside of you through meditating and thinking about it, that has the effect within you. So that's called the external part of the heart. Uh, then you have the Kodesh. The Kodesh is where you had the Mizbeach HaPnimi, the inner Mizbeach That's the Pnimi Salah. Pnimi Salah are things that naturally are something important to you. Your, your life, living, children, family, probably a house, I think it's brought in Maimur Chazal, that a home is something which is connected to Pnimi Salah. So these are things that you don't need to think about, but this is something that you naturally love yourself. You naturally have a love for your children. So in Kedusha, this means the Ava that a Yid naturally has to Hashem, that he wants to be connected to Hashem, and that's the only thing which is important to him. Then when you go to the Kedusha Kedushim, that is where the Aaron is, that's the Pnimis of the Pnimis of the heart. That is the Inyan of Yechida. Uh, this is the level which it says a shade uh, of a shade there isn't to it to explain a little bit what that means so Yechida is the part of your Neshama which is actually one with Hashem it's, it's one it's, it's Yechida it's unified and one with Hashem so by Hashem Hashem doesn't have uh, any like Hashem isn't around for a purpose like everything we have in this world is always for a purpose um, you know let's say the world was created so we could do Torah Mitzvahs a person has a job, so he can make money. He makes money, so he could buy food. There's always everything in this world always has a purpose, and it could, because Hashem created everything for a particular purpose. Whatever Hashem created in the world was always for a, a particular purpose. It, not, nothing was Lubatala. But when you come to Hashem, Hashem wasn't created for a particular purpose because He wasn't created. Hashem is because that is Hashem, and that, which is a very deep discussion, but basically only the things which Hashem creates would have a purpose because Hashem created them for the particular purpose. When we're talking about Hashem, Hashem needs to be because He needs to be, not for a particular reason. If you're there for a reason, that mean, means you're created. If you're not there for a reason, that means that you are just essentially there, like Hashem. Why is Hashem there? Hashem is, is just is. Uh, he is the creator. We do not know why, but that Hashem is who He is, and He is something who is eternal, permanent, not there for a particular reason. He's not there because something caused Him to be. Hashem is permanent, and that is probably a discussion for another time, but that is part of our belief, that Hashem is permanent, nothing causes Him, nothing can take Him away. 
uh, etc. So the Yechida is that part of the Neshama, which is one with Hashem. So the Yechida also is the essence of the Neshama, which is one with Hashem. It doesn't have any particular um, reason why it needs to be. That it just is one with Hashem. So we're talking about the Chitzayin Yisalev, Pnei Those are um, parts of the person's personality uh, which have reasons. So Chitzayin Yisalev is the ability to look outside of you and come to appreciation of Hashem. The Pnei are your natural instincts that Hashem created you with. But then when you come to the Chida, this is the aspect of the Yid that he is one with Hashem. It's not for any particular purpose, doesn't have any particular function. It is because it is one with Hashem. So Chazal bring this idea, So literally what that is referring to, uh, it's referring to Shadim, the dark forces, the demons, that it says the demons have a shadow, but they don't have, their shadows don't have shadows. Like, uh, like if, you, if you ever are in the um, like sun, you have a shadow, and sometimes you can have um, you know, different, like a shadow of a shadow, like I think it means different, depending on how, where you are, you can have different reflections, so it looks like you can have one, more than one shadow. Like a shadow has a shadow, you know, it could be darker or, uh, or lighter, uh, whatever that's exactly referring to. I'm not 100% sure, to be honest, but a person is able to have multiple shadows. Because a demon is only able to have one. So what that means, Baruchnius, is that whatever the Nefshul Akis has, also the Nefshul Habas has. But it doesn't have Bavoyed Bavoyed, but like the actual essence, like a, a shade to a shade, like the, the shade itself, it never has. It doesn't have the essence of the Neshama. It doesn't have a yechida because the yechida, as we said, is something which is one with Hashem. So the klipas, the nefesh cannot have this yechida because yechida means it's one with Hashem. That, that is the essence of Hashem. The nefesh the yitzhara, at least the, the evil aspects, are something which don't have a true kiyem, do not have a true existence. So therefore, cannot have that. He says, uh, he, it, the yechida is always permanent, it's always complete. Uh, it's impossible that the enemies will have ever have any type of rulership over it and able to affect it. Even on levels which are lower than the Yechida, it says that any part of the Nefesh Elikis, that even at the moment when a person sins and therefore his Nefesh is brought down in sinning with him, the Nefesh itself doesn't want to be doing the sin. It's, 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 it's uh, might be hidden. It's unable to uh, has to get involved, it's unable to express itself, but even at the time, it always wants to do what Hashem wants. When we're talking about the Yechida, the Yechida is not able to be taken control of. The, the Nefesh of Bahamas, the Yitzhar, can never have the control, the essence of a Yid. It's basically saying, like, as if a person can have control over Hashem, which is something which is impossible. So, so we can say that this level is the level of Moshe, which is inside of every Yid, that Kshem, like the Torah, is the Inyana of Moshe. As it says, Zichru Torah is Moshe Avdi. Remember the Torah of Moshe, my servant. Again, this term servant. The reason why the Torah is able to be called Torah is Moshe Avdi, since Moshe was completely bottled to Hashem like a servant, it was Torah is Moshe. So the Aaron is the Inyana of Moshe. Zichru Torah is Moshe. The Inyana of Moshe was the Inyana of Torah. And, and this all came because of the Bithal. He was the most humble of all people. Therefore, he could be a proper conduit for the Torah in this world. And every single year, it also has that level of Moshe within him. That's the level of Yechida. And just to explain a little bit more what that means, Baruchnius, it's explained in the Chassidus that there's different levels of Messir's Nefesh. Sometimes a person could go with Messir's Nefesh because of a reason. Let's say that would be because of Chatsayinus Alev. There could be a level of Messir's Nefesh because that is your, a natural instinct of the Yid. The Yid has so much love for Hashem, how could he possibly not uh, give up his life for Hashem? So that would be instinctive 
not because of a reason, but instinctive love that a yid has for Hashem. But then there's a mysterious nefesh that you have that comes from Sa'ad Yechida, which it's, it's, there's no reason for it. The reason why you're Moisa Nefesh is because you are one with Hashem. So there's nothing that can have any type of control over the Yechida of your Neshama. Therefore, when it comes to these moments of mysterious Nefesh, it's impossible for you to become disconnected. The Yechida just won't allow it. Because the Yechida can never, no one can ever take control of the Yechida. And therefore, the, the, a person goes on the Seris Nafesh, even when he, the, the, maybe the Pneumus and the Chatzonis, the love is hidden by him. He's in such a faraway state from Hashem. But the Yechida, as we said, never can have, nothing could ever take control over it. Therefore, at those moments, the Yechida takes control. Therefore, it's understood um, that during these two Zmanim, the Zman of the Mishkan and the Zman of Lavai, the Aaron, which is the Pneumus of the Pneumus Allah, which is the Pneumus Moesha, is in its spot and it's revealed. So it's not only that you have the Yechidah, but it's actually revealed. That's the Bikhidish. He says, The door of Moesha was a Dardea. All of them were on this level of Das Elian. As explained in Kispe Arizal, the idea of Das is the idea of connecting. So Das Elyon is the, able, the ability to connect to the Ein Stoif, connect to something which is higher than you. We have Das Tachtan, which connects the Chachma to the Bina. And we have, uh, well, that's actually sometimes also called Das Elyon. Uh, das Tachtan is usually meant the emotions. You connect the Seichel to the emotions. Das Elyon could be Chachma to Bina, but the highest level of Das Elyon is actually the Chachma to that which is the Ein Stoif higher than Chachma. And that's what happened by the Dar Dea. They were at Har Sinai. They heard the deepest from Hashem. They were able to connect to Hashem, which is in Gantz and Hacher in this world. So the Gamba Bisa Mashiach Bazman Shikum Hayud Umala Shamla Kachas Lavha, Gamal Klip Hadak, the Skal and the Kudas Pinim Salah Bikinis Maisha. At that time Hashem will sacrifice and do a mila on your heart. Even the Klipa Hadaka, it's explained in Tanya, there's different um klipas that a person has that uh hold in there there's klipa gases like these grubba taivas, klipadaka is more thinner types of divas taivas that a person has, even like the taiva of of uh, of you know existing, living living his own life, even if it's not for any bad purpose, just basic, uh, you know, let's say, uh, b- basic emotions or basic um, tendencies or instincts, even that is removed. At that point, you're able to have the Nekudus Pneum to be revealed. That shows a complete bittle to Hashem. That is the level of Moshe. During the end of the bias Rishon and the entire Bayashani, even though the Aaron was Bishlamis, and they actually had it. And according to the Rambam, even there was a second spot that was originally made for the Aaron, so it was considered as if it was in the base of Mikdash. Rebbe discusses that in another Sikha, but the point is it was hidden below the base of Mikdash. And it was halakhically considered as if it was in the base of Megdash. Uh, but it was Behalim, it was hidden. It was hidden by Yeshayo. So this fits very well. But we're talking about the Yechida. Because the Yechida we're saying is always complete, is always with the Yid. It's just sometimes it's hidden and, and sometimes it can be revealed. Sometimes you're in touch with it, sometimes you're not. So during the first, uh, during the Mishkan and Ba'ish Shlishi, it will be revealed. But during the Ba'ish Rishon and Shani, uh, the end of the time of Ba'ish Rishon and Shani, it was hidden. So Apianal Efshilavar According to this, we can explain Alpi Pnimisyanam why the Rambam is Madaik to call Moshe Rabbeinu's Mishkan the Mishkan of the Midbar. 
It's known that the Raman hints to many in Yonim of Kabbalah in his Sefer, uh, this is actually a big machlekes if the Rambam learned Kabbalah. Uh, the opinion of, of the Rebbeim was that he did learn Kabbalah. Look at R71, where the Rebbe brings different sources and proofs for where we see that the Rambam learned Kabbalah. And certain halachis in the Rambam, the only source that we have is from the Zayar. So, anyways. He says, by stressing the idea that it was the Mishkan of the Midbar, this hints, again, it's a remez, to the Maila of the Mishkan, that it had the Aaron in the proper space, in the proper spot, and it was revealed. He says, the Pnimius of the Pnimius of the heart, that is a level that's called the Midbar Shem Neshama, meaning as another name of Yechida would be Midbar Shem Neshama. Why? Because it's higher than the aspects of Adam, which are in the neshama. So Adam of the neshama is all the parts that were created. So we're talking about a midbar, that's a place where where people don't leave. That's a maila. Sometimes it's a, uh, it's a griusa, a midbar is a place where there's no people. But we're talking about baruchnius, the midbar means that it's such a spot which is higher than any inyan of creation at all. And this would, in Avaidu would be the idea of Mesiris Nafesh, which is higher than any Tamvadas. Tamvadas itself is something which is created. The rules of logic is something we created by Hashem. So this level of Mesiris Nafesh would be completely higher than any type of instinct, any type of reason, any type of emotion. This is, comes from, this is essentially what a Yid is. So by Mashiach, he is also called Ma'id, very much, something which is above limitations, which is higher than the level of Adam. It says in the Pasuk, that my servant will be, uh, will be wise or successful, exalted, high, above, very much. So, Ma'id comes from the same level of Adam, but the combination expresses the idea of something which has no limitations at all. Ma'id. It's higher than the Tzir of Adam. This is the Midbar Because this is the level of Aaron which will be returned to Mashiach to its mocking and Bogali. Adar does not explain why Ma'id and Adam have the same letters. All he's saying is that even though it has the same levels, but it's Ma'id. But based on what we've been saying the whole time, the Vart is that the, the, the Ma'id is not, is not based on Adam. Ma'id is something which is um, always there. But the, the mile of how it will be when Mashiach comes will be that it's revealed within the Adam. So the Ma'id will be revealed within the Adam. So within the Adam, you'll be able to see the Oasis of the Ma'id. Yudal. Yudush Adam Ma'ir al-Shleish Bechinus Machshavah Diva Ma'isa. Aleph is Machshavah. Dalit is the Diva. Mem is Ma'isa. We know Adam expresses the three qualities of thought, speech, and action. The Aleph refers to Machshavah. It's the first of the, uh, uh, the, the first uh, of the Kaychis. When, when a new thought comes into the person, it starts there. Dalit is for Deber, because Dalit starts with Deber, and Mem is for Maisa. So when you look at the Tzir, how it comes from Ma'id, which that's a higher level than Adam, the name starts with the Mem, which is Maisa. Interesting. So Habir B'zeh. We said the Indian of Mesir's Nefesh is expressed specifically through the Indian of Maisa. As we know, the, the beginning is wedged into the end. 
As it's known in the Peshat, when it says there's no Erech, there's no similarity to you in this world, that specifically in this world, the Enoich becomes revealed. The same idea as the Enoich which we have within ourselves. That is specifically the Besiris Nefesh, which is from the Pneumius, the Pneumius love, is expressed in the Koyach of his Evasasiya. And the reason is similar again to what we've been explaining the whole time. That just like Moshe Benu, it was because of his Bittal, he was the Evan, therefore he was able to be a conduit to Hashem. Because if you had any type of, uh, of your own ideas, of your own personality, of your own Pneus, your own intentions, or your own um, interests involved, then you are not able to be a proper conduit for the Torah because there's your own Pneus involved. But it's Dafka when you're completely battle and you know your whole job is just to be an extension of Hashem, that's when you're able to be Moshe Rebbeinu, that's when you're able to give the Torah. So similarly with the Pneumius, the Pneumius Alev, the Yechida, if there's, you know, within the Seicha, within the emotions, then it, it's being translated somewhat. And you can't translate Yechida because it's above all of these things. So it's specifically in the Koyich in the heel, where there, is, where there is no translation. It's just expressing what the Yechida is. It's expressing this, the Yechida, that it's one with Hashem, that it's, nothing can take any control of it. It's Dafka in that Maisa is it able to be expressed? So this is the connection of the two inyanim that we had in the Mishkan and the third base of Mikdash. That one was the Aaron and base One that was that the Aaron was begilay in its proper place, and the second part was that the even the components of the Mishkan, the physical components, were eternal. He says, because the union of the arm, which is the panemis of panemis alav, is expressed specifically in the action, in the, the physical nitzchias of all the different parts of the mishkan, the amikdash. So these two things become expressed together. So that's the last part of the sikh again, which we were trying to explain what the mile of the mishkan was. That on one hand, we said it's the union of Moshe. We also spoke about the, the mile of the mishkan was that it was, had the arm which was there. So now those, both of those aspects really make a lot of sense. Moshe was the Inyana of complete Bittal. The Aaron, the idea is that it was, is the essence of Hashem, um, is the essence of Hashem, is the Shechina, when could the Shechina be revealed in the Maisa Yadav, in the Acts, is when you have the complete Bittal, is Dafka inside of the Maisa. So just like that was by Moshe Rabbeinu, his Maisa Yadav, he was able to have permanence, because Moshe himself personified that. So similarly by every Yid, the Yechida, which is in Hashem, which that's the Aaron, and the, the Mesir Snefesh, the Maisa of Apoel, the action, which that's the idea of the Bittl, which is inside of the person. Dafka, when you have both of those things, are you able to uh, have a Nitzchias in your Maisa Yadav?